Hello and welcome to the Facts Over Fandom Show, holiday edition. Merry Christmas. So today is Friday the 22nd. Um, this episode is coming out late. Usually I like to get it out early on Friday mornings, but uh, I've been a little bit busy this week, uh, kind of resting and relaxing from a long semester. So it's going to get out a little bit late this week, but uh, excited to be here. Merry Christmas. So happy that it's Christmas time. Certainly one of my favorite holidays, especially now that I'm a dad. I've been a dad for uh, four years. So what? Let's see. I had Christmas with my son, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So this is our fifth, my fifth Christmas as a dad. My son is four and a half years old and he is fired up. So it's a whole lot of fun um, when when you have kids and, and they're really excited about the holiday. And for us, you know, just teaching him about the importance of this holiday and, and the birth of our, of our Savior Jesus Christ is just a really fun thing to do and, and everything involved in that. So I, I hope you guys are just having a, a fantastic um, holiday season as it gets kicked off this weekend. And, you know, the audio is not that great. I've got some new audio coming in. You can see I'm back in the home office right now. So usually I'm in a location which is a little bit better acoustics and I got my uh, equipment there. Uh, but I did want to get out a short episode to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. And as you're thinking about Christmas and about holidays, like it's usually not just this weekend. Like for example, next weekend, I've got in-laws that I'm going to be celebrating with. So you still may have gifts to buy for people that you are going to see here in the next week or two. So I've got something for you. Why not give them the gift of the Facts Over Fandom show? We've got t-shirts and hoodies and stickers. Go to crossroadshirts.etsy.com. Crossroads Shirts. C-R-O-S-S-R-O-A-D-S-S-H-I-R-T-S. So Crossroads. Crossroadshirts.etsy.com. Etsy is E-T-S-Y. And get some merch for the show. And like I said, I'm going to be talking about this more coming up here in the next few weeks. But... I am using the uh, a portion of these proceeds from our, our sales to go to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society as I've been nominated as Visionary of the Year here in Northeast Indiana for 2024. So excited to get that rolling and everything you do to um, support this show as, as far as financially, um, it's going to go back to, to helping people who are battling uh, blood cancer. So um, let's support them. And, and specifically, I kind of, um, I, I'm fundraising for those who, you know, not only battling, but also those families who support those people who are going through blood cancer. Because, you know, it's not just that that person fighting, you know, families are fighting alongside them, the support group are fighting alongside them. So what can I do to, to help both? And um, this is what I've come up with. So support the show and just know that um, you're not, this isn't just going into my pocket. You know, I'm going to be giving this this back. And, you know, I think as you think about um, the holiday time and, you know, giving gifts, you know, this is a time where we become very altruistic. And, you know, from a business point of view, this is a time where a lot of people start to give before the end of the year so they could put it on their taxes. Um, this isn't helping necessarily with the tax part of it. But if you're already in an altruistic giving mood, um, please join us in, um, in fighting leukemia and lymphoma. And so 
Today's episode, like I said, it's going to be a little bit short, and I am firing right off the cuff. I really don't have a lot prepared. I usually try to prepare and, and do some research before the show. Uh, but like I said, I've really taken this week to kind of downshift. My son is off of school, so I've just been dad this week. And we've had a blast. And I was thought, I, I, I'm going to save this for next week. So I need your help with next week's show. Next week's show is I want you to think about what is something in sport that you want to change. So if you were the czar of sports, what would you change? And this came to me on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, we live here in Northeast Indiana. We live uh, about an hour and 40, maybe an hour and 45 minutes away from Notre Dame. Now, I didn't graduate from Notre Dame, and I've known some people who, who went to Notre Dame and you know had some family members from Northern Indiana that are Notre Dame fans and, and have fan friends that are fans of, the, of Notre Dame. But I didn't graduate there. I don't really have any ties or allegiance to the university. Now, I did do a, a certificate program through Notre Dame, um, so I guess I'm a, I'm a quasi, very, very adjunct type of uh, alumni, but I, I wouldn't even consider myself an alumni. Uh, uh, or alumnus of Notre Dame. However, you know, they're, they're famous for their football program. Obviously, it's been, it's one of the best programs in the country throughout the decades. And so my, I would play my last year, I'm watching college football and my son's there with me, he's about three at the time and college fight songs are, are going on and he kind of likes it and he kind of thinks this is pretty cool. And so I would play different fight songs for him in the cars were, as I'm taking him to daycare, and he became obsessed with the Notre Dame fight song. And I tried to get him on the other ones. I'm like, well, hey, you know, daddy graduated from Indiana University, and here's the IQ fight song, not interested. I'm like, well, here's the Michigan fight song. Personally, I think it's the best fight song in the country. Check it out, not interested. He only wanted to listen to Notre Dame. So every day to daycare, um, we would listen to the Notre Dame fight song. And then this year, the same thing. We get in the car. Daddy, can we listen to Notre Dame fight song? So he became obsessed with the band. So this year, I, I uh, took him to a, a Notre Dame game and he a football game. He had a blast. We went to two of them. The first one, we just did all the pomp and circumstance and didn't actually go in the stadium. And then the second one, um, we actually went in and, and watched the game. And so he's just falling in love with, with Notre Dame. In uh, Tuesday, this this past Tuesday, what was it, the 19th, um, I've gotten to know some people there in the athletic department. So I am making some ties there. And so I said, all right, hey, let's go to the game. So um, I asked one of the guys I know um, about, about tickets and about where to sit. And he gave me a good suggestion. So we go to the game on Tuesday. And we had great seats. We're four rows off the floor. And we get there, um, one of the game ops people comes up to us because there was nobody there. You know, it's a Tuesday night. Nobody's on campus um, on, during break. And he said, hey, does your son want to participate in an on-court um, kind of a, we do a little junior Irish dunk contest on a, on a little Fisher Price hoop. And I'm like, yeah, he would love it. And, you know, my son was just fired up and he got to practice in the hallway. And then he goes onto the floor. Whoops, sorry. Um, he goes onto the floor. And sorry, if you saw that, if you're listening and you didn't see that, but if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble, I just hit the uh, table, which made this shake. Um, but he gets to go onto the floor and at halftime, he, he does his dunk on the Fisher Price hoop and, you know, he's fired up and he has been talking about it nonstop. So, you know, I'm thinking during that time, Notre Dame played awful Tuesday, and then they ended up getting beat um, by the Citadel at home. And that's not something that 
you would think normally would happen. You know, you want to be um, scheduling home games uh, during break that you're going to win. I did that as a coach. Now, I wasn't a, a head coach, but as an not at the college level, I wasn't a head coach, but as an assistant coach, um, well, that's not actually true. I was an interim head coach um, for a while at the college level, and I did a lot of scheduling. And I made sure, and when I was an assistant at the schools that I, I, I coached at, we made sure during Christmas break, you schedule wins. That's just how it's going to be. I do not want to go to Christmas dinner pissed off because we've we got beat. I don't want to be mad at Christmas. You schedule wins. So it's Cupcake City coming in for your home games. You would think the Citadel coming in to South Bend, that should be Cupcake City. Well, Notre Dame plays awful, and they get beat by 20 at home. And so I started thinking about the show, and what are we going to talk about this week? And what I came up with was I want to solicit ideas from our listeners and from people who follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FOF underscore show. If you were the czar of sports, what would you change? And I know for me, what I would change, one of the things would be conference games during winter break or during um, the fall semester. So then thinking about the show, I said, you know what? I kind of want to change the format of what I'm going to do for today. So instead of what would I change at the Zara Sports, since tomorrow is the 23rd, we're recording this on Friday the 22nd, tomorrow's the 23rd, tomorrow is Festivus, a Festivus for the rest of us. And if you're familiar with Seinfeld, then you know December 23rd is Festivus. Um, come up by Mr. Costanza, who... Um, in going to buy his son, George, a doll, him and another guy reached for it at the same time and they came to blows and Mr. Costanza basically beat the snot out of him and realized that the commercialization of Christmas has gotten out of hand and he came up with his own new holiday, a Festivus. And Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. So that's what I'm gonna do today. I'm gonna give you my airing of sports grievances and it's going to begin with conference basketball games, college conference basketball games during winter break. I hate them. I hated them as a coach. I don't like them as a fan. Now, I don't want to watch, you know, so I decided to graduate from Indiana. I don't want to watch Indiana play the North Alabamas of the world all the time, like they did last night and beat them by 16 or whatever, right? Um, you know, that, that's not a lot of fun. However, here's the problem with conference games during the winter break. There's nobody on campus, no students, no band, no cheerleaders. There is no juice. And you're playing important conference games during this time. And not forget, let's not forget that that team you're playing right now that could be a totally different team in a couple of weeks, and I'll tell you why. And you don't run into it a lot in Division One, but certainly at the lower levels when I was coaching JUCO, this would happen. Some of those players that you may be playing conference games during winter break, they might not be with the team in the spring. They may not be academically eligible. 
So when I was in NAIA, when I was an athletic director in NAIA, um, this would happen at times. You've got about a 30-day window from when grades are put in, so when final grades are due, until and then 30 days after that to complete your eligibility for those athletes whose seasons go fall and spring, that go over two seasons. So let's say grades are due, um, what was Monday this week? The 18th, I think, okay? Grades are due the 18th. That would mean you've got 30 days, so I think what, like January 17th, um, to determine eligibility based on the previous semester. And I think in NAIA, and I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, it's been 10 years almost, um, I think you had to pass 12 credit hours at a 2.0 or higher. Basically, that's what it was, right? Now, it may be a little bit different. I think NCAA is a little bit different depending on your class, right? But we'll just say you had to pass 12 credit hours, which is basically four classes, at a GPA of 2.0 or above, which is a C and above. So if you got a D in one class and a B in another, hey, that equals out to a C average. You're going to be all right. Well, you know, when, again, especially when I was coaching junior college, you would have people, you would have players who were still eligible to play up through maybe the first couple of weeks of January, and then their eligibility is certified. Hey, didn't make it in the spring, didn't make it in the fall, can't play in the spring, but yet you still got to play a handful of uh, conference games that are going to, that are going to matter later in the season. So I hated that. I don't like conference games being played over winter break. I don't think it's good for, for any team. And now I understand um, TV contracts and things, how they are, especially on the Division I level. Hey, it just, it, it is what it is. But if I'm airing grievances, that would be one of my big grievances right there. I don't like seeing games being played over Christmas break or over winter break. Grievance number two, and again, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just doing these off the top of my head. I didn't do a lot of research for this show. But grievance number two for me, baseball, you have got to get rid of the blackouts or at least limit them. So I'm in Northeast Indiana. I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am right between, almost like halfway between Detroit. I'm a little closer to Detroit, but Detroit and Chicago. Chicago is three hours away from me, but I am still blacked out of watching Cubs games like on the MLB app. Why? I'm not going to buy season tickets to drive 81 times to Chicago. You want to grow the game baseball? You have got to get rid of these blackouts. Now, I can understand some sports, football, the game doesn't sell out. I think within 72 hours, they can restrict a local blackout. Well, when you're only playing eight home games a year, maybe nine with the new schedule, okay, that makes a little bit more sense to me. You want to try to get people to go to the games. Growing up in Indianapolis, Indianapolis 500, it was always blacked out, kind of in a 60-mile radius around Indianapolis because they want people to go to the race, and then they would air it later that night. Okay, I can kind of understand that. But baseball, baseball, listen, you're coming off record high attendance. The pitch clock has worked. Um, making the bases a little bit bigger, banning the shift. I think these things have worked. They've been good for the game. Attendance is rolling. 
but you've got to get eyeballs on the product when people are at home. So you've got to get rid of these blackouts. It makes no sense that I'm in the Chicago market here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, when I live closer to Detroit than I do Chicago. So maybe this is just me kind of being a, um, you know, kind of being upset because I'm a Cubs fan. I want to be able to watch the Cubs on the MLB app and I can't do it uh, because it, it would be cheaper for me to do that than it would be by cable that I do every month in the 230 odd dollars I, I pay for cable just so I could get the marquee network. So if you want to grow the game, you've got to get more eyeballs on the sport. And we're finding, I talked about this, I think in the last episode, that millennials and Gen Z are streaming their sports more so than watching over traditional cable, uh, satellite, and digital. So my message to baseball, my airing of grievance, drop the blackouts. All right, my third grievance, NFL. You got to do something about the officiating. And I, I don't necessarily like banging on officials because I know it's a tough job. And especially at that level there, these guys are so fast that it, it's not an easy job. But it is so like, I don't understand why we've got like eight officials on the field when the play happens. And then we've got to get together and talk about it. Like, what are you there for? Like, you're there to watch the game and call the game. Why do we need to huddle up and talk about it? If you're an official and you saw something happen, well, make the call. If it's wrong, it can be overturned by replay. I don't understand, like, you know, especially fumbles. Um, there's a fumble. Defensive guy picks it up and starts running. And then everybody's just looking at each other like, oh, did you call him down? Did you blow a whistle? Is he really down? Nobody knows. And the play continues on, but nobody really runs after him or, or makes a huge kind of like all out effort because they're not sure. They thought their guy was down. And OK, well, I guess we'll just look at it at replay. Like it slows the game down and it just reeks of unprofessional uh, prof uh, professionalism. Right. Um, make. The call. I think there's got to be better training on, hey, you see something happen to the game. Don't just rely on replay, right? We've got to be more forward with the calls. And, and nobody expects you guys to get the calls right. And I, you know, I don't, again, I don't think it's um, kind of a fun in vogue thing to bang on officials, but it's so annoying when a play happens and then you still got to sit back and wait. Well, was it really a touchdown? Um, I don't want to get too excited yet. Oh, wait, hold on. I don't know if it was a catch because these guys got to get together and they've got to talk about it. Even though this one was on the other side of the field, 40, 50 yards away, you know, let's get him in here and, and let's talk about it. You know, the, I think the officiating, it's just got to get better. Um, there's got to be a more emphasis on, hey, make the call. We got to do it right away. It's going to be better for the game. I think it's going to be make the game go faster, the product go faster. You know, the NFL is always going to be king. Um, but, you know, it's almost kind of wading into baseball territory. And this is my opinion a, a little bit with just how long these games take because of the constant stopping and the constant, well, we got to look at replay or we got to talk about a certain play. Just make the call. Let's make the call. Let's have some confidence in it. And if it's wrong, all right, we can go back and maybe we can correct it. But it's the it's the not knowing or it's the ambiguity that just drives me crazy watching the NFL. All right, so that's my list. Just three things. I'm going to limit it 
to just three things because it is Christmas time and I want to go into Christmas happy. I don't want to go in kind of all dour and, and sour. I want to have, be in a, a good mood for Christmas. So we'll just list, we'll leave my Aryan grievances to only three things. But I am curious, if you had grievances, what would you list? Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at FOF underscore show at FOF underscore show. And so that's going to do it for this segment here. But stay tuned. I got a special Uncle Brandon advice segment coming up right on the other side. But let me hit you with some knowledge. Okay, some Uncle Brandon advice. This is the part of the show where I always like to leave you with a little bit of advice. And this is kind of when I give my opinion. In the first part of the show, I really like to stick to facts. Now, today was a little bit different type of episode, but this is where I kind of opine on whatever issue it is that I think is um, important to opine on, frankly. And today, again, today's show has just really been off the cuff, and I apologize for the bad audio. Um, but Today, I wanted to talk about just if you're a parent and you've got small kids, I don't know, we'll say, you know, younger than uh, 10, you know, 10 and below, as much as you can, get your kids involved, get them active, keep them away from screens. So we really tried to do this with my son. He gets limited time where he can watch some shows in the morning while my wife and I get ready for work. So he has limited screen time. Um, and as compared to some other kids we've been around, it makes a gigantic difference, just like a gigantic difference, I think, in his intellectual development in um, his imagination and um, being able to, to talk with people. Um, unfortunately for him, he's an only child and his parents are a little bit older. We're both in our mid forties, so he's around old people all day. But you know, having those interactions and doing a lot of reading and playing games with them, um, we've, we just see as maybe compared to some other kids that are his age, um, just a, a pretty big difference. Now, you know, I, I, will that translate into success later in life? No, there's no way to guarantee that. Um, but as much as we can, we want his brain to develop and grow. So we really limit, you know, making the, the TV, the parent, and we really try to get in there and get involved. And so one of the things that I, I've noticed that he's starting to take an interest in and we want, wanted to do for Christmas was to buy him some board games. And so a couple of years ago, my wife bought me a, a, a board game. It's, it's kind of a board game and it's a baseball game with dice. And depending on the dice um, where they fall, you know, it's a hit or it's a strikeout or it's a home run, whatever it is. And then you kind of go through nine innings. And so my son started playing that with me and it may be just a bit advanced for him, but he has fallen in love with it and we have a great time with it. So I want to leave you with the video that I made and I post this up on our Instagram and uh, Twitter accounts or X accounts at FOF underscore show and just kind of a, a fun way to teach your kid about the game of baseball and even ha having them start to kind of understand scoring and just falling in love 
with a sport and do it in a way that's a little bit more intellectually stimulating than just, hey, sit down with dad and watch this game. Because I can't get him to do that. He'll watch for a little bit. And he likes football because of all the colors and everything in the helmets. Um, but for him to sit down and watch even five minutes of a game, it's, it's something of a miracle. Um, but doing this, we can sit down for a half an hour and uh, play a, a baseball game. And he's totally immersed. He's having fun. He's learning about the sport and I think gaining more appreciation for the sport. So um, I'm going to get put that video up. If you're checking us out on YouTube or Rumble, just uh, type in facts over fandom. We should be the first thing that uh, pops up. You can see what we're doing uh, using uh, board games, helping him develop intellectually and developing a love for baseball. So that's going to do it for this episode. Stay tuned for the video. As always, love God, love each other, be a good sport, and we'll see you next week. And let us know if you're the commissioner, the czar of sports, what would you change? Have a great Christmas. Yeah.